Hi, and welcome to Happiness Through Hardship, the podcast, where we share positive stories and suggestions about finding hope, resources, and connections to help us all get through hard times. I'm Karen Sullivan, a mom, an author, and a stage four cancer patient who's always looking around me for inspiration. I believe in surrounding myself with people and experiences that make me smile. And that's what I'm hoping to do for you today. So grab your favorite drink, get cozy, and let's get started. I am so excited to reintroduce today's guest, Roberta Lombardi. As the founder and president of Infinite Strength, Roberta helps underserved and underinsured women through the costly process of cancer treatment. Through this nonprofit, she offers financial and emotional assistance to single mothers with metastatic breast cancer. Roberta provides them and their children hope and motivation, even though their obstacles go way beyond treatment. The past few years, she has made wishes come true for hundreds of moms and their families. Roberta is a mom of three and a truly loving human being, and she is amazing. After her own cancer diagnosis in 2016, she was determined to help others who didn't have access to the resources she did. Now, I want to be very clear. When going through hardship, please don't feel like you have to give back. First and foremost, take care of yourself. In fact, if you can do it, please let other people take care of you too. Though honestly, sometimes when you're feeling low, giving not only helps others, it can really help yourself. So on today's episode, Roberta is going to share how she started the foundation and discuss other avenues to give back. Hello, Roberta. Hello. I'm so honored to have you here. You are just a ray of light. The things you do for the community, now the national community, you've grown infinite strength to be able to serve women throughout the country. It's pretty amazing. And I'm so grateful. I know you're so busy between the events, the seminars, the, you know, the grants. Uh, It takes a lot of time and I'm grateful. Thank you for being here to have this conversation. Thanks. Can you share with us, you, why did you want, you know, I know why you started the nonprofit. You know, why did you really want to do it? Okay. So first of all, let me just say, I love being here with you because it's another chance to talk to you, which we don't get to do often enough, but when we do, we could do it for hours. I know. So I love being here with you. Um, Thank you. But why did I want to start it? Because I had such an incredibly hard time when I came out of breast cancer treatment. I had such a hard time relearning how to live life and trying to find out who I now was, what I had become, what, what changed. And I knew that I had everything in the world. If you were on the outside, looking in at me, I had the husband, the three kids, plenty of money, the beautiful home. And yet I didn't know where to begin. And I knew that as I sat getting my weekly infusions, I was incredibly lucky to be in the place I was in because the women sitting around me, most of them did not have what I had. Most of them were struggling with, how am I going to do this? 
I'm on my own. I have children. I need a job. I'm sick. I can't be taking time off. And yet I don't feel well, but if I don't go to work, I don't get a paycheck. So I can't pay the bills and I can't put food on the table. And so maybe I shouldn't be in this treatment. And it went on and on and on. And, and I kind of, I think I started it. Yes, there was that awareness that, my gosh, there's a whole population of people that need so much help. And there's just, there's not that helping hand being offered. And what would it mean to them if we were a helping hand? But selfishly, I also think it helped me focus on something other than my own struggles. And it, it, it kind of brought me back to life. It, it helped me figure out the path forward. And at the same time, you know, I got to create something that thank goodness we did create because it's, it's helping a lot of women that, you know, I, I shared with you before, before we went live that we, we've gotten a lot of applications for women that have been homeless. And I, I get really saddened by it. Then I think, what would, what if we didn't exist? Cause I, I can't imagine, okay, being single and having to go through a metastatic breast cancer diagnosis and you're, you're living your life in treatment and it's, it's a mind blowing diagnosis to begin with. And then you're, you're single and you've got children and, and you have no support system and you don't have a house. How do you figure it out? How? <laughs> Cause I think you'd want to give up. I mean, I think at that point it'd be like, how much more can you take? I mean, thank, go thank goodness that infinite strength exists because what your organization has been able to do, and in fact, I'm going to toss it to you and share that because you've been able to assist so many single moms now with metastatic breast cancer that you said may very well have no hope, may very well think, how can they take more? But they've been able to put one foot in front of the other because of the finances, because of the experiences, because of the information that Infinite Strength has given. So will you just take a moment? I want you to showcase Infinite Strength because I want everybody who's listening now to know finances can be a really, really ugly part of any type of hardship, let alone cancer. And so if and when you know of someone, or even if you don't know somebody, but you're going to your doctor in um, you know Minneapolis, Minnesota, or Sacramento, California, or Phoenix, Arizona, or anywhere in this country, you can tell your doctor about infinite strength so that they know when they get these patients that can't, you know, that look at them probably with glassy eyes, like, you know, I don't even know how to function because I can't afford any of this, that there are options. Yeah. So what, so what we do, and, and this was, this evolved. Okay. Because I had no nonprofit experience when we began, but what we've grown to is to be super focused, which I think is very important if you're going to run a nonprofit, because if you're, if your mission's too broad, things get unclear. And then I'm, I think people don't know who they're giving to or what it's all about. So we are very focused on providing financial assistance to underserved, underrepresented single mothers living with metastatic breast cancer who have children that they are responsible for and living with them who are under the age of 18. Primarily, the women that we help are in their 30s and 40s, and they have 
young children, you know, that are as little as two and as old as 17 or 18. And they, you know, they've had issues, a lot of them throughout their life, struggles. Um, they've been, maybe they've been underinsured the whole time. Maybe they've struggled financially. Maybe they live in the wrong zip code. And, you know, there's just so many things that, you know, the disparities out there. And then they get a breast cancer diagnosis, a metastatic breast cancer diagnosis. So for anybody listening that doesn't know what that is, that is when breast cancer has spread outside of the breast and gone to the lungs, the bones, the liver, the brain. So it's spread to a distant area of the body. And now it is considered a terminal diagnosis and you are in treatment for the rest of your life. And that in itself is like, okay, what does that mean? Well, that means, right? Hospital visits and doctor's appointments and medications and the medications for side effects of the medications and you name it, right? And rides to treatment and gas to get to treatment. And I mean, it goes on and on and on. And I don't think, unless, you, unless you've been actually lived it in some way, because I even think touched by it isn't really gonna get you all the way to understanding. The costs are insurmountable in a lot of ways. And if you are a, a single mom, if you are doing it on your own without any help, where's that extra money coming from, right? So that's kind of where we come in. We give monthly recurring financial grants to help women pay their rent or pay their mortgage. If by some chance they don't have a rent or mortgage because perhaps they are living with someone who's giving them a free space, but they said, then we can help them with their utilities or their phone bill. I mean, look, there, there was a woman this week, earlier this week, yesterday, that she had been homeless. She just finally moved in with a family member. But her cell phone, she had been unable to pay her cell phone all along. And it was going to be shut off on the 24th of this month. And the person she's living with is also living in Section 8 housing. So this person doesn't have anything to spare to help her. And she was then going to have no phone. Now, how, are, how do you have a terminal illness and you need, right? And you have a young child. And you have no commun communication when you need it. And th that's just one example. But there's there's women that they've been in homeless shelters with three and four or five kids. And they, they're sick. They have, you know, one comes to mind who she had met to her bones so severely that she couldn't walk without assistance because of the meths in her legs. And she was living in a homeless shelter with her four kids because her husband had become abusive. And when she got the information about infinite strength, she wrote me, you know, we put her in, we, we, <laughs> she wasn't even at the time we were not national. She was not in a state that we were even currently supporting. I couldn't get her out of my head. Just couldn't. So we gave her three months of financial support 
to do first and last month security and a month so we could get her into an apartment. And then, and then just as that, you know, now she was on her own and the rent was going to come due, we made the decision to expand and we gave her another six months. And now she's on her feet, you know, she's safe. And, and in fact, she, she did a video for us. It's on our website. And she said, I feel safe. We're, we have a home, we have a roof over our head and, you know, she's had her ups and downs physically, obviously, but she's in a safe space. Wow. As I'm sitting here tearing up on the other hand, it's so powerful what you've built here that's been able to help so many women. Now, you know, I want to follow, you know, you know, take a turn here in that direction because the stories are so powerful. And, you know, when I say this, like I said at the beginning, this isn't to say if you're listening to this right now and you are going through a hard time, you know, creating a nonprofit, giving back in this major way, you don't have to do it. The reason I wanted to bring Roberta on is because so many people do think about how they want to give back. And so I wanted to have this conversation around different ways to give back, starting with a nonprofit, because clearly she's been able to really help change lives because of it. Uh, but I, I do want, we will hit upon other ways that we can feel good if that's what we want um, and help others in the process. But, you know, first, Roberta, you had said in terms of starting a nonprofit that it was very important to be incredibly precise on your mission, on who you're going to serve. Can you give us some other tips for people who want to start a nonprofit? Where do they begin? And what are some of the kind of, call them common misnomers, or just if you were to give a few advice points to people, what would that be? Okay. So first and foremost, and I, I did this, and I think it was incredibly helpful. If you think you want to start a nonprofit, Find a nonprofit in your area that has a similar mission, does similar work, and then go volunteer. Go volunteer and learn what they do and volunteer long enough that you get a really good sense of how they work. And look at it as an opportunity to see what you like and what you don't like about it. Attend their events. Learn learn what does it take for the size that they are? How many volunteers do you think you need? Are they working efficiently in your mind? Or do you think it's a lot of, oh, we do a lot of rah-rah, but really we're not. Like all nonprofits are not equal, right? So, so take the time first to be a volunteer and learn it. And from that, you're going to say, oh, maybe this isn't for me. Or wait, I like this a lot. Maybe I don't like every aspect of the way this particular nonprofit's doing it, but I have some ideas. Then make sure that you're surrounding yourself with people that have some background that can assist you if you're a novice. So for me, that was making sure that I had a physician on the board that was an expert in breast cancer, right? Um, then it was somebody with accounting experience because somebody's got to help you with those books. And then you need a legal team because if you're going to be a nonprofit, you have to file papers. And that's the other thing. Make sure you have the money because it's not cheap to start a nonprofit. 
you have to get a lawyer and you have to file, you know, you, you have to get an attorney to file the 501c3 and, and a tax accountant. You, like you need it all. You need the you need the board papers and, and you need to file a mission. I mean, there's a lot of things that go into it. So if you don't have the finances to do it, do you have a network of people that will get behind you and volunteer those services? You know, maybe there's a lawyer that says, I love what you do because my sister-in-law was affected with breast cancer. And so let me do this for you as a, as a thank you, you know, that kind of thing. So get, get your team all set up because that's really important and make sure whoever you're putting on your executive board, because you have to have at least a president, a vice president, a treasurer. You can have a secretary, you don't have to, but you have to have those other three. Um, make sure that they, you know what? It's who you know. I hate to say it, it is who you know, because when you first start out, where are you getting the money from? <laughs> where are the donations coming? So make sure that your team has reach because ultimately part of a board member's responsibility is to further the mission of the nonprofit and furthering the mission also means spreading the word and increasing relationships with donors. Those things are kind of like the basics. And then it's making sure your mission is super, super focused, do a search and make sure there's not somebody else out there with the name you think you're going to use for your nonprofit. Cause that's another one. And then it's deciding is what you do something that can be done scale so that like, okay, you want to do this, but this doesn't mean 10 of your friends want to do it with you right now. So how are you going to set it up? And can you get it started without a team or do you need a team? And if you do, how big of a team? And are you paying people or are you doing everything as a volunteer basis? Because that also makes a difference too. And you know, there's two types of nonprofit filings, which I did not know. So there's the nonprofit that is like um, a school baseball team or whatever, and they know they're going to take in Twenty-five to fifty thousand dollars, and it's never going to be more than that. And so that's the easy kind of form that you fill out to be a nonprofit. And then there is, oh no, we're serious. We want to take in a lot of money, and that's the long way of filing. And you know, I I look back and I think this is funny now, but but my former accountant, who we were using to start this whole process. He kept trying to talk me into the baseball team approach. <laughs> and I was like, no, I don't think you understand. That's not what the goal is. And I mean, I knew that right off the bat. And he's like, yeah, a lot of people say they want to start a nonprofit though. And then you know what? It kind of loses its luster because it's a lot of work and, and it's a lot of work for the accountant. <laughs> I'm like, sorry, but that is not the nonprofit that we want to be. But, but you know what, if you don't know these things, like I didn't know that. So it's all very interesting. And then I actually took advantage of just seminars and stuff that, that go on that you learn about in your community. Sometimes your library, I know in Madison, they did um, a free seminar of how to start a nonprofit and kind of just the basics. 
and who maybe gives grants to nonprofits for your work. And you know, there's a lot of wonderful um, small groups of people that get together and their whole mission is to give grants to nonprofits. So when we started out, there was a group and they have chapters all over the country, I think, 100 Women Who Care, they were called. And they literally meet once like a quarter and they want to invite nonprofits in to present. And it's one, this is how it works. There's 100 women in the room and you present what your nonprofit's all about. And then at the end of the night, they take a vote on which nonprofit they want to give their money to. And they all write a check that night too. Wow. That's powerful. Also the right? nerve wracking, right? But right? really. It was super cool. It was super cool. Um, so, I mean, there's all kinds of things out there that are available. You just have to know. And, and it's hard to know. Like you're, I, I think forming a circle of people from all different areas of community is so incredibly helpful. I mean, from your realtor to your florist to, I mean, anybody that has a local business that you know and beyond to get it started. When we started, you know, our first gala happened five months after we formed. Okay, that was our very first fundraising event. Everybody in the room was people I knew. Everybody in the room were people from my town and the town surrounding. I mean, you're relying on what you know at the beginning. And now fast forward, that was in 2018. Fast forward to 2023, my husband just said to me, he goes, so this isn't like a towny event anymore. This is like, like, am I going to even know anybody in the room? And I laughed because the truth is, we now have all the major pharmaceutical companies sponsor us. They're all going to have a presence there. You know, we have Cedars Mediterranean Foods who bless their heart. I absolutely adore them. And I love them too. I love their hummus. Yeah, they're a sponsor. And I mean, that like, I'm incredibly thrilled by that. Uh, Mercedes-Benz and BMW of North Haven, you know, but that's how we've grown. So it takes on a whole different trajectory. And that's, I think in a lot of ways, while I like, am like, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. I want to get to this point. I want to get to that point. You know what? I think it, it, it grew the way it needed to grow yeah. because it was slow and steady and now we are becoming very well known and for the right reasons. And that's thrilling. Right. And, and it, it's so fun to watch you. And even as we, we do this podcast, we're using the audio, but we get to see each other on Zoom technology. So it's really cool to see your face light up when you're talking <laughs> about this, to see the growth. And I think for those listening out there, if this is something that you're interested in or somebody you know is interested in and uh, you know, it's a process. And as Roberta said, and I think other people who've gone through something similar know that um, you want to be in it for the long haul. And for some people, that may not be your thing. And that that is okay, too. Um, here in Connecticut, there's a, a a woman that we both know that's a, that's a Wonder Woman um, as well, like you, Roberta, that's named Sandy Casanelli. And she 
first started her treatments at Dana Farber. Now she is at Yale. And you know, rather than start a nonprofit, she worked directly with the hospital to create a fund. So there were, you know, we, we need her to come on and speak to us about how she did that. There are definitely different steps in doing that. Um, but it's serving a, you know, her purpose is money into research. So it made sense for it to funnel right into the research institutions. You know, Roberta's mission is very different. So this you know, would not work for her specific mission. But, you know, if you're out there and you're thinking, I want to bring give money to research, especially metastatic breast cancer research. I mean, obviously, you know, I'm a board member of the Cancer Couch Foundation. I love them. They funnel money into Dana-Farber and Sloan Kettering. Um, but, you know, Sandy's fund, now the Breast Friends Fund, funnels money into Yale. And so she's done a lot. And I think she's close to raising in the, the several years she's been doing it now, close to a million dollars. And so it's, it, she spent a lot of time and a lot of energy in doing it, uh, but she took a different path. So that might be intriguing. You know, on the flip side, we know people that have taken little efforts that have reaped big rewards. I think of Kara Rosardi, who is this, um, you know, she's got this huge smile. She's just a kind-hearted soul. And when she was diagnosed, she wanted to give back, but she didn't necessarily want to start a nonprofit. So she connected with the Cancer Couch Foundation, and she does small fundraisers that have brought in a lot of money, and they funnel into an existing organization like the Cancer Couch. I mean, for instance, when I say um, some little things, she her husband and her daughter created t-shirts on the website Bonfire. It's one of those, I think it's bonfire.com where you can create your own website and then they actually print and they do the shipping. So, and any money that she's received has gone directly to the Cancer Couch Foundation. Now she's also done some bigger things where she has a golf tournament, which has raised a lot of money and she does that with her friend Sandra who is also a wonderful soul too, but she's taken all these little opportunities. And I think that she's brought in now, now, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think she's brought in at least $75,000 that have gone to the Cancer Couch Foundation through these various efforts. So I think that it's really powerful to know that little things can bring, you know, big rewards. And you know what? There's also... Um... I think if you're, if you're, if you want to give back, don't put too much pressure on yourself on trying to do something huge all at once, because, you know, we started where we gave the money to the hospital directly. Our first fundraiser as infinite strength, we gave the money to Yale. So similar to what Sandy did, but we started as a a 501c3 because we knew we wanted to grow it beyond just like Yale. What happened was because of all the volunteering, I got so knee deep in the volunteering with other nonprofits, I really wanted more of a connection to who we were helping. And I really wanted to do more. I wanted to say in how we were helping. And if you're giving the money to the hospital directly, once it's theirs, it's theirs. And I wanted to be able to know that I was giving these women enough that it really was taking the burden off them. I didn't want somebody saying, well, their rent's thousand dollars, but we're only going to give them two out of that fund because that's not helping them to, in my opinion. But you can start out. I mean, 
look at Kara, for example, she does so many different things to, to drive that money right to the cancer couch. And, and it's little and big, and they all make a big impact. They all, they all go a long way. I think it's, what is it like a hundred dollars is an hour of research or something. I, I can't remember what I read from that's a lot of research, right? So there's so many ways to help. And it, and you know what? If you even say, even that's too much work, like, oh, to host a golf tournament. Oh, to get, to get something set up to have a, okay, fine. You know what? How about pick your favorite charity in the space that you want to give and just do a simple thing, a simple fundraiser on your own that gives back. We've had people, you know, and this was prior to COVID, but wow, what a great fundraiser when they worked in offices, have a dress down day and give the money back. We've had people, um, you know, like they're like their local uh, jeweler who like makes handmade jewelry, who maybe makes, um, you know, those, those cute, like stretchy bracelets that you find a lot. Right. And all bracelets sold for a month, the proceeds go to XYZ. So you can even just use your contacts that you have that maybe have a goods or service that they want to help you give back to and do some type of promotion. I mean, there's all kinds of ways to give back. It doesn't always require you to put forth a tremendous amount of effort that maybe you don't have the desire or the time or the knowledge to do. Well, and I think I've told you, Roberta, about the Dance to Donate fundraiser I've been a part of. It didn't start out meaning to be a fundraiser. What it was is uh, one of my neighbors and friends, Terry, has two kids. They're close in age. And so she knew a lot of baseball moms and a lot of of sport moms because our kids were in elementary school. And she thought it would be fun on Halloween for us to do essentially a flash mob. And so... Terry, who is the head of HR for some big companies throughout her career, and she's very detail-oriented and a, a tremendous leader put together. She loves Broadway, side note. So it was really fun for her, a lot of work, but fun for her to create a huge flash mob. This, our kids were in third grade, and nobody had any idea. And our neighborhood is this really nice kind of, um, you know, think of 1980s white picket fences. Um, everybody's out in their front yards with dogs. I'm trying to, to create a picture here of, um, you know, this quintessential neighborhood. And all of a sudden, you've got 35 moms that are coming out into a flash mob on Halloween. The town went nuts. They <laughs> loved it. We did a few different numbers and we're called the mom bees. And then even um, you know, Rebecca from the cancer couch, her sisters created one in Cheshire. So there was the Cheshire mom bees too. And both organizations, like there was so much, um, you know, it went viral really on, on various, in, in its first year that Terry came back and thought, okay, we went viral. Well, let's do something with it. So in the, in the following years, it's became this dance to donate. And so it was just something fun at first, but 35 women put it on your Facebook page and like, Hey, if you, this made you smile, here's the cause consider giving back. And plenty of people did. And so, you know, there's another example, or I even think about sometimes, you know, fundraising obviously can bring in the money that can do such good things, but there's also 
building community, building awareness. And we talk about April who, you know, if, if I'm, I'm showing it on, on the zoom now, um, if you're watching is there's a magazine called wildfire that Roberta actually edited a few months ago. And so she's on the cover and this is a beautiful magazine that really shares the stories of those that are touched with cancer and it's brought together community and it's brought together so much good. And, you know, and, and this, but this was part of April's passion and her background. And so if you're thinking of giving back, I guess I'm encouraging people, you know, to think about what do they love and in what ways could they maybe, you know, do have small efforts to bring a little bit of help and assistance to whatever community they want to serve. Yeah. It's how you use your talent, right? So we all have things we're good at and things we enjoy. So it's even better if you're doing something you love and and then you're doing it for good and it doesn't have to be monetary. So, you know, in this case, April, April did something that is invaluable because she created a community for young women diagnosed with breast cancer. And for anybody that hasn't gone through it, it's a very isolating experience. And unless you are surrounded by others who know what that is, you're left, you're left really floundering. And her, her vision with, with wildfire and what she has done. And now, I mean, now they, they're shipping out of the country. So they're almost global, you know, (laughs) I mean, she's, what she's created is a lifeline for women. And that's, I mean, God, that's invaluable. It's amazing. And I know, cause I was diagnosed at 31 and you know, that was 18 years ago. This didn't exist then. And that would have been really nice. So I'm grateful for the fact that there've been a lot of people that have, have in April, you, Sandy, Kara, Rebecca, the, um, the Scalera and Timlin family, like that have, have, you know, and these are just people that have touched me that have really helped with my journey. Uh, there's other ones out there too. And hey, you listening right now, you could be of help whatever hardship you're going through if that's something you want to do. So I just, you know, I always end these episodes talking about gratitude. It has been an element in terms of my mindfulness journey that has been really helpful because not every day is a great day when you're going through a hard time. And that's Okay. Because a lot of times, you know, whether it's cancer that we're talking about today or it's, you know, insert your hardship here, life can be tough. But one thing that has really helped me put one foot in front of the other is having a mindful practice. And what we do in my house is we play the grateful game. We take some time, whether it's before bed, whether it's in the car, wherever it is, to talk about what we're grateful for and why in that day. Because yes, I know that I'm grateful for my house. I'm grateful for uh, so many different things. But sometimes that's just too much or it doesn't feel right on a day that's really cruddy. So sometimes I'm looking around the room and I'm saying, you know what? I'm really grateful that I have this beauty counter lipstick because my lip is really chapped and it's really soothing and I love lipstick. So it's a cruddy day, but I got my pink lipstick and I feel good. So for today, that makes, gives me a smile. Roberta, I want to toss it to you and I want you to share with us what is something today that you are grateful for and why. And listeners out there, please do the same. Take a moment, take a deep breath. Think about something that you're grateful for and why. Talking to you today because seriously, 
um, and you know this because we talked prior, sometimes it gets heavy, right? So I don't, I'm lucky and I'm healthy and I don't take that for granted for a moment, but sometimes doing the work that I do gets heavy. And sometimes it messes with me a little bit, you know, in my, in my mind and having the opportunity to talk to you today, like it pulled me out. I'm still talking about the work I do, but it was different and it, it's talking to a friend and it, and we all need that. So I'm grateful for that. Well, thank you. I am so grateful for you too. You have done so many things through my journey that I can't even begin to articulate how much it's meant to me and my family. So, um, so thank you. And thank you for the work you do. I'm sure I can say that for so many of the women and some of them that I've met through, you know, through events that I've been to of yours. So, um, and for the listeners out there, thank you for being there today. If you have any questions, uh, feel free to reach out. You can reach out at pretty wellness on Instagram, or, um, you can check out, the show notes, I'm going to have all sorts of links there from the infinite strength information, which is infinitestrength.org. I will have Roberta's social media and I'll have some of the other, um, you know, elements that we spoke about in the show notes so that you can reach the link. So everybody, I'm wishing you a wonderful day and bye for now. One more thing. I would be so grateful if you'd take a minute to rate, review, and subscribe. You leaving a review helps us with our podcast ranking. The higher we are ranked, the more people can discover our show. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm sending you lots of happiness and great health.